Welcome into the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. Josh Peace joined alongside with Brendan Jones. We haven't been here for a little bit, but we're back and definitely for good reason because Illinois football had a phenomenal weekend. Brendan, did you watch the game? Yeah, watched the whole game, all like five and a half hours of it or whatever it was. Yeah, me too. Um, longest, longest football game I've watched in a while, most definitely. Most excited I've been, most, well, I guess the most fun I've had watching the Illinois football game I probably since my sophomore year, since that Wisconsin game, most likely um, just a really good game through all phases. And, and we can talk about that, obviously, but just crazy that they go into one of the not only one of the hardest places to play in the Big Ten, but one of the hardest places to play in the nation, facing a, a top seven team in the nation. Go They're two and five. The, the whole back is against the wall and they really they grind it out and they get this win and it's really big uh, for for this season because the season has been disappointing, I think. And and to come up with that type of upset win midway through the season is, I think, speaks volumes about the team. It kind of reminds me of that LSU versus Texas A&M game from uh, 2018 when it <laughs> went to like six or seven overtimes. But yeah, I what I think the most excited I've been watching in an Illinois game before this was probably the Michigan State game from 2019 yeah, when they were down sure, like 23. Sure. But this was just so different because it was like so less action packed, but the defense just made it exciting. You know, we can talk about that stupid two point conversion rule in a little bit, but like whether, you know, it's stupid or not, and whether it encouraged scoring or prevented scoring, it made it fun. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you said, Illinois, two, they were two and five or whatever. It's definitely been a disappointing season, but you kind of have a little like booster now in your confidence, a little jump start, which no, it's going to it's going to make the rest of the season kind of exciting, which I don't think anyone at this point or at least before Saturday would have expected. For sure. I think when it comes to the rest of the season, I think. So they're they're three and five right now. And right. if they want to make a bowl game, they'd obviously have to go three and one for the rest of the season. That's pretty improbable with with who you have to play. Um, best case scenario, they beat Rutgers, they beat Northwestern and they. Minnesota scares me more than not scares me more than Iowa, but I feel like Iowa just like they really don't scare me, especially for how they've been ranked and looked at throughout most of the season. Um, it could happen. I'm not about to sit here and say they're not going to get three wins, but I'm also at the point where I'm not going to be like, oh, this upset win erases all everything from from the past. But best case scenario, they go three and one. And I think that'd be a huge thing for this team, this coaching staff with recruiting and and everything in between, because I mean, starting the season the way they started the season was really, really bad and really poor. On the flip side of that, though, you look at the, the way they started the season and, and while there's optimism going forward, there's also like the, the feeling of looking back and being like, we'd be in such a better position if one thing had switched in that Maryland game or one thing had switched in that Purdue game. And you're looking at a four and four team with four, with four games left rather than a three and five team with four games left having to go three and one. A lot of ways to look at this this win, but um, definitely put, like you said, it puts excitement back into the season. Yeah, you know, when I'm thinking about the schedule, you got Dad's Day coming up this weekend. I was just looking at tickets for that. It might be the biggest crowd of the stadium that isn't, you know, in the student section. Yeah. Um, and then I so I, th I think they have a chance to win that one. We'll talk about that later. You've got to think this is the year to beat Northwestern because they are not good. And then, you know, Minnesota's offense has really been struggling. They have an okay defense, but, you know, it's kind of a similar offense or, uh, excuse me, opponent, in my opinion, to Penn State, actually. And then Iowa, I don't think they're going to win at all. Brett Bielema is historically very good off of a bye week. Like, 
really, really good if you look at his record. And that shows, you know, him beating Penn State this past week. But, you know, either way, you, you know, and you kind of touched on it, like if this team does go and beat Rutgers and beat Northwestern and end up five and seven, you know, that's good. And I think that Brett might have had this, you know, feeling coming in, like if I go six and six and jumpstart this bad roster that I was handed to a bowl game, that'd be great. And if you're five and seven, you just look back at those Purdue and Maryland games and you're really kicking yourself because the quarterback play was awful. The defense has played pretty well, but the play calling wasn't any good. And obviously we're going to talk about that Penn State game, how it improved a little bit. But you just look at all the mistakes that happened. If you finish five and seven, like not one, definitely not one of the best five and seven teams ever because this team's <laughs> not very good. But you just had so many chances to win at least two more games. And you know, we haven't even touched on UTSA either. So yeah. UTSA is good. But. They're good. They're good. But also Illinois was maybe the second best team that they have played. Uh, yeah, they're good. I mean, shout out to UTSA, who's still undefeated. They're ranked. Um, and I mean, that was also Illinois probably gave them their best game of the season. They did. Um, yeah. So for sure. But I, I totally agree with you. You're you're I think there is improvements to this game. Um, but there's also things that frustrated me. Right. So like like I love, we can talk about the offense real quick, right? I love the fact that the first play I saw nine linemen. Like I, what year was I, I couldn't have told you it was 2021, seeing nine down linemen, a quarterback and a running back to, for, on the first play of the game. It was awesome, wasn't it? But it worked. I mean, Their starting lineup was nine offensive linemen. <laughs> exactly. And it, it, it worked. You know, you look at this team that know, that should know, at least by this point, and should have known really early in the season where their strengths lie on offense and where their weaknesses are in we talk about how, you know, the potential of this receiving core, whatever, but we know where the anchor is on this offense in terms of where they get held back and where they get pushed down. And that's the quarterback position. It always has been. And you could even throw pass blocking in there. Um, but this team is dangerous on the ground. And I loved seeing that, especially off a, off, a, off a week, two weeks ago, where in Wisconsin, they didn't rush the ball until the third drive. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's a good thing, that, that coaching took a step forward. It made me a little frustrated about performances in the past where they opted to throw the ball a little bit more, but it made me happy that that was like a step in the right direction. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that they're finally realizing, and I can't believe it took this long, but that their run game is the dominant part of their offense. And, you know, I think that Brett does, you know, lack confidence sometimes in his offensive line, and definitely for good reason, right? I mean, in my opinion, for the last two years, the best player on the team besides Blake Hayes is probably Alex Pelcheski. And Palcho has been very inconsistent this year. Doug Kramer finally got healthy, but when he was playing a little injured, he had some bad moments. Vidarian Lowe's been great, who then went out in the middle of the game. You see Blake Jarasati, who probably has a higher ceiling, but isn't reaching that yet. Julian Pearl's coming in, been okay. Alex Pilstrom is a walk-on. So, you, you know, there is decent reason to lack confidence. But the thing is that their ceiling is so high that when they're good, they can be really good. And that's exactly what, you know, we saw this weekend. Mm -hmm. I love Chase Brown. He's top two, three running back in the Big Ten, in my opinion. Josh McCray is going to be even better eventually. But, Brendan, you or I could have been back there and we get would have gotten yards. <laughs> like, I'd like to how, think so. That's how well the offensive line played. And keep in mind, Penn State has one of the best rush defenses in the Big Ten yeah. statistically. And they've played some decent running backs too. I mean, they played Wisconsin who, you know, rushed all over Illinois. Like it's just nice to see, especially since, you know, the passing game, so inconsistent to put some faith in the offensive line, put as many guys out there as you want. And I really like that Tony Peterson didn't hold back either on that drive where the two touchdowns both got called back from penalties. And those were penalties, but those were weird. They rushed the ball like 12 times in a row. 
Yeah. It was awesome. I'm very happy they didn't take their foot off the, the gas pedal. They just kept on running it down their throats, and that's how you destroy a defense. That's why they had so much of a time of possession lead that game. Well, I think that they they kind of adjusted mid-game, right? They were – the first drive, they were driving when they put it on the ground. And one of the first times they passed the ball, you know, Artikowski throws an on a, interception. On a check down. On a check down. And, and so, i sure, Tony Peterson looked at himself and was like, you know what? We know what we're doing right now. I don't want to put this game in anybody's hands except for the old line, Chase Brown and Josh McCray. Credit Peterson. And, and it worked. It worked. Um, that's that's what I feel like is a good thing is that it, it, it's been lacking. You know, that's why – and we saw the Wisconsin game, it was so frustrating for the first two drives that they literally had six straight passing attempts. I don't I, – who, who is back there that you, you have that much confidence? NFL teams, like, in their first two drives don't do that. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't know who you thought you had back there that could make – you know, continue to do that. But I, I think I'm happy that it happened that way, and I'm happy that they are able to rush the ball, and I hope they continue to do that. I don't think there's – if – if Penn State can't stop you and you've already Wisconsin's already in the back mirror, I don't think there's a team on the rest of your schedule that's going to be able to stop you running. I mean, obviously, we'll have to see um, what Chase Brown's health is coming. You know, obviously got injured at the end of that game. We'll have to see what that comes through. We know what Josh McCray is, but I like having both of them. They're kind of a little bit different. Um, but I, this should be the game plan the rest of the, the rest of the way. The, the majority of your offense should come from um running the ball and and that's where your snap should be you shouldn't really have to throw the ball unless it's third and long um and if if you have, if if the, if the defense stops you two in a row and it's third and nine and you have to throw the ball you know what do what you got to do but I don't want to see any first down throws I don't want to see any second down throws especially because against Penn State you were getting multiple it's not like those rushing yards came from you know Chase Brown bumped it out to the outside and got a 67 yard you know touchdown those were all you know, eight yards, seven yards, 10 yards, 11 yards, 13 yards, like really big chunk plays on the ground that just tire out defenses. And that's what I want to see for the last four games. I don't want to see anything differently. Yeah, I totally agree. And I can't believe it's taking, you know, like Tony Peterson's not listening, listening, but if you were, I couldn't believe it would take a 20 year old student journalist from Illinois to say this, but like, <laughs> does, does he know what a uh, play action is? I've never played football before. Does he know what play action is? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you, I completely agree with you. Don't run it on first down. Don't run it on second down. And on third down, this is just this radical idea I'm having in my head. Yeah. They're selling out on the run game. You might want to fake a handoff. I don't know. Like, it just seems like it would work. To be fair, Art Zikowski has one of the worst fake handoffs I've ever seen in my life. Okay. On that sack that he took, that was like, who are you fooling? Brandon Peters is a little bit better. Um but yeah, I agree with you. I think you have to make them fully commit to the run game. And that's what they were doing. And even even on a, you know, late in the game, they were fully committed to the run game, the, uh, Penn State's defense. And Illinois still was able to do things um, and, and gain yardage and get good field position off the run. So, like, I, I think we're both in agreement. It's just like you can't see anything differently from the offensive end. Yeah, it's it, and it really just speaks to the offensive line. A healthy offensive line, you know, on their game is so good. And before we get to the defense, if we just talk about the offense the rest of the game, you got to think like on that very first drive, if they keep running the ball and you shove it down their throats, prize score touchdown, if not a field goal. And then you have that weird drive, like we were talking about with the two penalties that got, you know, that cost Illinois two separate touchdowns on the same drive. 
the holding on Isaiah Williams on the Daniel Barker play, you know, where he like comes around, they pass it to him. They had like the illegal man downfield or whatever. That's so, you know, that's so iffy. And it might've been like by a foot, but you score on that drive instead of a touchdown, Illinois, what I'm trying to say is Illinois could have won this thing. 17, 10, 20 to 10, 13. I I think, and we'll talk about defense. I think they could have won this game 17 to three or 17 to six, maybe. um, If it weren't for those two big passing plays on the drive. Two, Why Penn game. State didn't keep passing the ball, by the way, I have no idea. But they did, actually. Sean Clifford, uh, threw, he, he had, like, 26 pass attempts yeah. or whatever. But maybe it's 36, actually. I don't know. But, yeah, keep keep going. That Those, yeah, that two, I mean, those two big passes plays sucked. And and that's when – that's all. That's also, like, it was early. It was in the first quarter. That's when I thought it was just going to be over for Illinois because, you know, you see that deep pass. It was just a lob up in, into – I, w- I want to say triple coverage because there were three guys there, but there weren't three guys on the ball. Um, it was it was bad technique. Like, you're always taught as a DB to high point the ball. And I hate when DBs just, like, wait for the ball to come, you know, yeah. drop into a breadbasket like they're the receiver. It's like, no, you're the defender. Like, go get the ball. And then just a blown coverage. I think from what I saw, Kirby Joseph just sold so hard on the play. Yeah, he, was, yeah, he, sold, he and, sold nice, whatever. And whoever the cornerback was, I don't even remember, but got beat really bad on a slant. And, I mean, people were talking about why did you stop running? But, I mean, he's seven yards ahead of you, and you only have 30 yards to go. Like, it's it's over at that point. Um, but other than those two plays, they got three points the rest of the game. Yeah. And Illinois' defense, and we can talk about them. Shout out to Ryan Walters because whatever he did, and we saw, I mean, we saw in the UTSA, UTSA game, we saw in the – in the Virginia game, even in the Nebraska game, if it weren't for some Martinez, just bad throws, Illinois defense, especially in the secondary was just so, so, so bad. And they've really capitalized on every, all parts of their potential. The D line, I, I said this last night on Illinois sports night. I don't know if they're elite, but they played elite on Saturday. They were always getting to the quarterback. They Penn state could get no running game at all. And they just like, came up in big moments like that's what you love to see like they just coming up in big moments and you know you can't you can't say anything bad about how the defense played outside of those two plays and every defense has some bad plays in the game so I'm, I was I that 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 Ryan Walters hire is looking so so good right now um and I think he's just a shot in the arm of you know we we don't have to see Tampa two and and cover two and that's it anymore and as Illinois fans like that's really nice to see yeah I you know we don't know how long he's going to be around, but Ryan Walters has saved this defense this year. He's been phenomenal. And just, you know, you speak to the defensive line. They played elite on Saturday. I think they're even more inconsistent than the offensive line is. Mm-hmm. Probably don't have as high a ceiling right now because they're sort of young, actually, besides the OLBs and, like, Owen Carney and them. But they can be good, you know, and the secondary is always just going to be okay because it's kind of like death taxes and Illinois secondary is sucking at this point just because the talent isn't really there. But the defense was phenomenal. You go to overtime, you held them to two field goals in the first two, and then in the next seven overtimes, you allowed one score, and that was a fluke. And I know Illinois only scored two times, but that's one better than the other team, and that's all you had to do to win. They they totally kept them in the game. I do grades for the daily line I after uh after games and I gave him an A plus because I really think that anything short of that would have been unfair because even though they had two bad pass plays earlier in the game you played almost a whole nother half of football including overtime maybe another quarter and I they, they were they were so good yeah, so yeah fun to watch. how about like how about Tariq Barnes reading the snap 
and getting in there yeah. so much. How about Devon Witherspoon sneaking up on the quarterback? Like, that was those, awesome. Those two plays, back-to-back Devon Witherspoon, blowing up the screen pass, which is probably, like, every DB's dream is to read that play perfectly. You're in the flats, and that's your man, and you just – because it's a defenseless guy. And I know we saw a couple of years ago with um, – on Blake on yeah, yeah, Milo Eifler, and he did the same thing. And Witherspoon's not the hitter that Eifler was, but but I mean that's just every DB's dream just to get a wide open shot at a wide receiver behind the line of scrimmage. So there's literally nothing that could be called, and it was such a good it was such a good play. And then the very next play, they call him to go blitz, which I love safety. Like I love safety blitzes. I love quarterback blitzes. Um, you know, uh, Kirby had a sack that day. Witherspoon had a sack that day. And those two plays back to back just killed Penn State's drive. And it was so big. It was so big. And that's why I, I mean, like they play big in big moments, which is so hard to do. And especially against that type of team in that environment. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think I gave them an A when I graded them. But I mean, I can't I can't deny that they deserve any like they deserve any anything above an A. I like they're so good. Yeah, you can't argue that. So now, you know, looking ahead a little bit, you've got Rutgers. Uh, I think that Illinois was originally a favorite, but on ESPN, it has Rutgers minus one and a half and a 53.2% chance to win. I don't know. I mean, Rutgers started the year really hot. They killed Temple. They beat mm-hmm. Syracuse and they beat Delaware. So both of Joe, Joe Biden's alma maters, by the way. He went to Delaware for undergrad and Syracuse for law school. It's kind of cool. Then they go to Michigan in the big house. James Franklin, the big house is Michigan. Um, and they lose, I think it was like 20 to 13, something like that. Mm-hmm. Pull it up. They get killed by Ohio State. They kind of get killed by Michigan State, and then you lose at Northwestern by two touchdowns. That's not very good. So what I'm trying to say here is that whether they're playing well or not, Illinois got a chance to win, and it's on Dad's Day. It's on military you know, support day, which is, which is great, and that just inches you one, you know, one win closer to a potential bull bid, and – Illinois beaten up on Rutgers in the past. They've, you know, two years ago on dad's day, they killed them at home last year. They went to their place and Rutgers was easily the most improved team in the big 10 last year. And you won because Isaiah Williams had a great day. So I think they definitely have a chance. Oh, they definitely have a chance. I mean, this is everybody when everybody was looking at the, at the schedule, right. Rutgers was one of those games that were like, we, we really have to compete or win that game to, to make this season like good. Right. Because it's so hard to judge you know, win losses on the coach's first season. But this is still that type of game, especially after, you know, you go and beat Penn State, right? I mean, we saw it kind of when Illinois made that bowl game. They beat um, Wisconsin, and then they take that momentum and then, you know, get a couple other wins, a Michigan State win and stuff like that. So while Illinois wasn't able to take that momentum into the next season because they were so bad that season, that's what you need to do as a program and as a coaching staff, right? Especially after the 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 whole you know debate about Brad Bielema's comments, and then you know that happened all week, and then the win, and you're literally riding the highest high you've been in the last I don't know when did he get higher seven eight months ago? It was in uh, the end of December. Yeah, it, so, was, it was the day that Illinois got crushed by Penn State in the last game of the year. Right. So 10, 10 months ago that, you know, this is the highest you've been as a program. So you, you need to keep that. You can't lose that now. This is, this isn't like a, a signature win for Bielema at Illinois. Like it, it is currently, but he also only has, you know, what, seven games now, but, and I, I don't think this will be the signature win, but if Bielema's ever like successful at Illinois and brings Illinois to, you know, the heights of, you know, the Michigan state, the Iowa, 
the the Wisconsin, um, this is going to be the point where people look at it and be like, okay, this is where we should have known. Or this will be looked up. This will be looked at as a fluke. And I don't think that this coaching staff is going to let that happen. I feel like they're going to capitalize on that. Like you said, beat them off a bye week is good. That means, you know, he has that ability to to make adjustments. He has that ability to kind of read the the environment of the season and be like, this is where we need to be. And I'm sure he sold his 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 guys. We can beat Penn State, and it'll turn around our season. Yeah. Now you got to turn, you gotta turn around the season. Yeah, I agree. Um looking ahead you know to Rutgers's game they're allowing 22 points a game you know some bad competition some good competition and just looking at their offense they pass for 205 yards a game which is good not anywhere near great and they rush for 130 yards a game which is good and not great so -hmm. they don't do anything exceptionally well which I think is definitely going to be used to Illinois advantage because it's kind of similar to Penn State. Penn State was a little bit more of a passing team. They had the ability to run the ball, but neither was a standout, right? Where like Wisconsin, when they're good, rushes the ball really well. Uh, Virginia passed the ball really, really well, much better than their run game. Rutgers doesn't have, like they're kind of a jack of all trades, master of none, if you think about it. So their defense isn't phenomenal. Their passing game isn't great. Their rushing game isn't great. Their O-line is okay. They've given their, I've watched a little bit of them. They've given, I'm going to blank on their quarterback's name right now. It's like Vertle or something. Yeah. So they've given them some time, but Illinois' D-line, if they're on their game, Illinois' defense could look very good again. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they looked really good against a a pretty good offense in Penn State, right? And you could argue that they looked bad against Wisconsin. They were on the field for so long, so I don't even know how you really accurately – 10-0 at halftime. Right, exactly. I don't know also how you accurately, like, judge that. But, yeah, they could look really good against Rutgers, right? You like you said, Rutgers passes for good, not great. They rush for good, not great. They also, you know, I'm not even looking at the pass yards allowed because I know Illinois is not going to get more than 72. Um, but they allow 149 rushing yards, and that's against teams that aren't the same, you know, don't have the same ceiling as Illinois rushing, yeah. right? Especially if Chase Brown comes back healthy, especially if Josh McCray is good to go on Saturday. This could be coming off that game, this could be another big game for them. Illinois has two guys that have multiple hundred yard rushing games and that's where they need to, you know, keep it. And I don't want to see anything different. Yeah. Just because, you know, just because you had to pull out, I feel like sometimes you, you think, Oh, like Penn State's that good. We have to pull out 90 linemen because it's not going to work. If we don't, don't think that Rutgers isn't that good. I want to see 90 linemen too, the first play, because if you can do it against Penn State, that means you can definitely do it against Rutgers and Rutgers will have a harder time defending and, you might walk out here with more rush yards, you know what I mean? Or you might walk out here and you don't have to go to overtime. You can beat them in regulation. I think that's what they should do. They should pound the ball. And if they do that and Josh McCray and, and, and Chase Brown and the, the O-line has a good day. And, you know, as long as the quarterbacks don't take us out of it, which they almost did uh, against Penn State, we'll be fine. Shout out to Peters. That throw to Casey Washington. And the, that the is, awesome. I think that is, that is another thing. Um, I've never been a big Peter supporter, but him being able to come in, not even in regulation, in overtime after Arctic House, he just breaks his arm um, and have that same. It was very reminiscent of, I looked at the two plays in Michigan Michigan State play. It was a different formation, but it's still like roll it out to the right. The receiver's routes are progressing to the right. And you just find somebody open in the back of the end zone. And shout out to Brandon Peters because I've never been his biggest supporter. I know a lot of people aren't, but to be able to come into that situation, especially this is your last year playing college football, you get benched. 
and you come in during overtime and you win the game. Shout out to him. I think he deserves a lot of credit in 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 the win. Peters is best in an option type play rolling to his right. It's always been that way. If he has the option to pass or throw when he's rolling to his right, if you look at his highlights and like his good moments, whether it was Nebraska last year, Michigan State in 2019, or Penn State in overtime this year, that's when he's at his best. I like that. Um, all right, you want to do some predictions for Rutgers? Yeah, let's do it. All right, you go first, Brendan. I think that this is going to be another really run-heavy game. I mean, it has to be if Illinois wants to win. Um, we don't get to see that Art Sikowski revenge game, uh, but but maybe that's good because maybe Rutgers feels like they need to get some revenge for all those interceptions. Um, but, yeah, I think that Illinois comes. It's at home. It's dad's weekend. The energy will be nice, especially after their first time home since the upset. I think that they win 24 to – I'm going to say 24 to, to 16. Interesting, because I also think they're going to win. I think it's going to be 23 to 17. I love that, man. Yeah, we're we're getting each other, man. I love Dude, that. we really do. We're, we're coming <laughs> together on this. It's the, it's the Daily Illini Sports Podcast Connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that, you know what? Illinois tends to, to make a basketball connection here. They tend to play down to competition. I'm sorry, the basketball team does, and they've all admitted that. Illinois mm-hmm. football usually doesn't actually, but it's weird that they go into Penn State and like and look the best that they have all season on defense. But I hope that this is what I want Brett to say to the team. Greg Schiano is a great coach because he is. Rutgers is one of the most improving and high rising teams in the Big Ten. Half of that's true. And they destroyed Syracuse and Temple and they have the ability to win big games because that is true. I want Brett to tell them that I want the team to get fired up. I want all the dads to be up and down cheering, you know, drinking their beer and eating their hot dogs. And I want Illinois to win by at least, at least four points. And that's, I agree. Like Brett should not, you shouldn't lie to him. Right. They could very well, like just be looked at as like the national fluke Illinois. If they lose to Rutgers. Yeah. You know, if they lose to Northwestern later in the season, everybody's going to look at that Penn state and be like, yeah, you caught Penn state on an off day. Um, and you had to play in the weirdest college football game of all time congratulations you get that upset and you know but it, but if you build off this and you win then it looks like less of a fluke and more like a turning point and I think that's how Brett Bielema should sell this to, to his team I totally agree I think we both think win number four is uh is in the near future all right well that's gonna do it for, uh for this episode Brendan thanks as always for being on this has been the Daily Illini Sports Podcast